Talk Radio 191 FM podcast. And right now we are about to go direct to Ben Crowder, who's director of the new upcoming play, Mr. Red Light. Ben, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm going good. I'm enjoying the sun down here. It's been a good day. Um, good day for the protests and everything about the climate change. Everything's going been swell. Right. Yeah. Um, so just talking about your play, give us a quick breakdown for the people who are listening that don't know your work or the upcoming play. Just a quick synopsis of everything. Okay. It's a play called Miss Red Light. It's a New Zealand play. It's set in a pie shop, but it's a hostage drama with very uncooperative hostages. But also, it actually tackles the themes, the meaning of life, why we're on this planet. It's also bloody funny. Um, it's also, it transports from a very banal kind of franchise pie shop that looks like there'll be any strip mall anywhere in the world to, you know, something like World War II or the Devil or, you know, so it, it, it transports the audience as well. And it's got lots of special effects. That's a summary. Yeah. This sounds like an amazing show. Like, not many... It's kind of like this weird, absurdist concept. Like, a hostage situation in a pie shop. It just sounds something so yep. classic and everything. Like, And, it, and yet, also, Mr. Mike, so he's... He, at one level, is a madman with the gun, but by the end, he changes all the hostages' lives for the better. He kind of... He's a bit of a trickster or a prophet. He can kind of... He knows about some of their past, and... You know, so they don't, at one point, it's quite charming, and he's an unusual character, and yet the three are very much just, you think you might meet in a pie shop, you know, there's sort of, you know, the lonely older woman, and then, a, you know, a young guy who's with the town, who's sort of slightly attracted to the angry woman, who young woman who's come in, um, who he met once at a party, um, you know, so they're all kind of doing their own thing, and suddenly their lives get turned upside down. Um, yeah, it's pretty bloody funny, but also quite moving. Uh, but, you know, I mean, mm. if we're telling the story well, that is, you know, something with tears in their eyes as they go out. So it, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of, it's of something for everything. Do I know, right? Yeah, and just going back to that, um, I just am curious, like, what drew you to, like, directing this play? Like, did you know the writer beforehand, or did you just, like, read the script and it's like, oh, I need to do this one. I must. No, I've worked with Carl Bland, who's the writer, um, for actually 16 years in New Zealand. Uh, you know, I, I'm quite old. I don't know how old I am, but I'm... <laughs> and, like, when I... We, look, when I wanted to work with, like, sort of people who were doing great stuff, uh, Carl Bland's always written some extraordinary plays because he's incredibly visual, he's a visual artist as well. Um, and he writes things like, you know, bullets put your on the wall. Uh, you know, he's written plays where it's a giraffe comes through the bookcase. Uh, and completely childlike, I kind of like the fact it's, it's kind of impossible to achieve um, because that draws me to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I love working on his plays. They're a bit like a blueprint that I kind of have to unpack and try and solve how, how we're going to explode someone's head or how we're going to get a giant ant on stage or, you know, without anyone seeing it and how, you know, and how I'm going to be in the middle of this pie shop. Mm. Those, those things excite me because I don't know how to do them and uh, I, I like that challenge. Yeah, the problem solving is always, like, the best part of it, like, where everything is, like, in relation to everything, where, oh, how does this work? Where how does this make sense even at points? Who cares if it does or doesn't? Yeah. Look, there's a, look, 
it takes play at these levels, you can just come and have a really good time. Um, mm. You know, and some people have. You know, we've had, you know, stand innovations from sold-out school audiences, you know, <laughs> who are 16, 17. My eight-year-old son, Kate, there is a lot of swearing in it. So, I mean, it might not be suitable for all eight-year-olds. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he's a slight anarchist himself. But, you know, it, but equally, it's, some of the language is incredibly poetic, uh, and there's quite a lot of philosophy in some ways, but it's packaged in a really uh, fast turnaround you'll be so struck by the amazing speech that Tom McGovern when he talked about his life his life that shit is raining down on him and he's wasted and shit and suddenly you can see what guy's life has got horribly wrong he can't explain it he can't work out why he's at a pie shop holding people hostage maybe he's a kid and there was no, you know, he was trying to rob us, but there was no ink in the pens, and, you know, everything, everything was wrong. He's the unluckiest man on earth, so. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love the concept, like, just those unluckiest people, like, everything just goes wrong, even, like, hearing this, like, holding hostage, and now it's just, like, changing people's lives. Yeah. Um, from, from the moment he walks into the pie shop, or runs in, actually, it, nothing goes his way. I mean, na- you know, and also the, ho- the hostage negotiator... You know, is is having a crisis himself. You know, his wife is left him. He has erectile dysfunction. Uh, and Mount Hanger would be a really cheap, awful comedy. I don't really know, but um, you know, he's called Mr. Red Light because you know he always get gets red lights. You know, he, small trips take hours for him. Mm. Um, you know, but once he's got a, he's trying to get a van to do a, a getaway. And as he says, once he's got a van, it's a it's a getaway. So he'll just drive through all those red lights, make it out to the bush. <laughs> um. Just with this vibrant range of characters, like you said, you have this unlucky gentleman, you have the angry lady, the just the dude in the pie shop doing his thing. Um, what was the casting like? Did you just like think about people, or like some of the people came in, it's like that's that person for that role, that's that person for that role? Look, we we, we, we were I worked. I mean, strangely, when I started, first got pitched this idea about this unlucky man, it was going to be a one person show with a whole lot of technology. It was going to be about someone who who was killed and he was trying to find out why he was killed. Mm. Um, he was incredibly unlucky and he wanted to God him. It developed over time. About two, three years ago, we started workshopping the script or workshopping actors in the script. Yeah. And, you know, we're working with Richard Taare, who's a beautiful uh, young actor, playing the part of Joker. Um, you know, he, he was Tana Porter in the Tana Porter film. He's playing as kind of the lead Maori character in the Luminaries. So he's kind of like a... I don't know how we found him. I think we were in the library in Auckland and someone said he's a great actor. We got him in and suddenly that became Joker for us pretty clearly. And Jen Ludlam, who has extracted herself from Shortland Street uh, for this, um, you know, plays a beautiful kind of older, sad, lonely, but kind of fierce, independent older woman um, who's kind of got a, a lot of knowledge and a lot of sense of things, but also, you know, Everyone he loves has died, so this also is an opportunity for her eyes. Her life is worth carrying on living. Um, and then the young woman who you know, is like, kind of, what the hell's going on in the world? Um, and you know, she, she, she's put up a shell so that she doesn't want to connect with people, and that kind of gets broken down over the course of the play. Because obviously, they start sharing how we, what are we going to deal with this guy keeps on putting a gun to people's heads and shouting, and then the next moment, you know. We're in a French restaurant in Paris, you know, on a romantic date. So it flips quite quickly. Um, 
stage it makes no sense. I have been in rehearsal all day. We're actually doing a dress rehearsal this evening for the touring cast. We've, you know, we've just had a, a 25-night season in Auckland, and then we're heading on the road. We're going out to Oamaru and Wanaka, Dunedin, obviously. Yeah. Um, there's other pieces along the road, which we have no interest for people listening right now, but we're doing a bit, a bit of a heavy South Island tour with it. Mm. Um, mm. Is it... With the you're only having two nights here in Dunedin. Is that a conscious decision to like be able to just be on the road quickly, like keep on going around, be heavy on that tour schedule? Yeah, yeah which means tour makers, which is kind of the national tour agency. Um, you know, and you no, know, it's, it's a big show as yeah. well. Do you mean we've got a six ton truck traveling? There's a big set. Oh, damn. Um, there is crew, and it's also about trying to make the show viable. You know, trying to get two centers in. Hmm. I think is, is part of, you know, everyone needs to be paid and, you know, no one wants to pay anything to go to the theatre and, yeah. you know, it's that ongoing thing. Um, yeah, so we're coming straight from the Waitaki Festival uh, down there. Um, we're also running a workshop, I believe, uh, for, uh, I was going to say young actors, but it's actually for any actor who uh, will perform or who's interested in kind of looking at a kind of more physical, surreal, character-driven way. Um, which I know tour makers putting out and I think you get a ticket to the show if that was mm. of interest to you. I, I trained down in Dunedin, by the way, uh, years ago at the <laughs> university. Um, nice. Yeah. So I think I think we're going to be doing the workshop at Allen Hall, which is obviously an old stomping ground. Yeah. A classic location. I've gone to a few shows there. My, one of my flatmates um, had her debut directing there as well. Right. Everything. Yeah. Right. I don't know if I should say, but I was rejected from the directing course. I never got on it down there. So uh, uh, it's good I'm coming to Dunedin yeah. directing a show. Um, maybe I should be quiet about that. Maybe <laughs> it's a, p- a poor thing to go into. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to ask you one last question because we're running sure. a bit out of time. Um, I just want to know, since this is like, so absurd, and you mentioned like having all these um, big sets and like the problem-solving around getting them in, what has been the best thing about directing this? Um. Look, I suppose the best thing about directing is, look, every, I, I've, I've gone to every show, so I've watched every single show, and I still, every time I hear it or see it, I, I get something else out of it. I get a new resonance, a new story. The actors bring a new quality to it, and um, I love seeing it come together. Um, you know, it's been a big production to get together, so I, 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 love, I love seeing it and working, and also hearing the kind of gasps and you know, seeing the audience walking out uh, sort of excited and unsure how some things, you know, uh, look, uh, give me a glass of beer, I'll tell you how most things are done. But, um, you know, I, I like the fact that it's got a kind of bit of magic to it, that people, you know, and I think one of the reviews talked about it's this sort of thing that will turn people, you know, you know, make you realise film will be boring and will turn you into a, a lifelong fan of theatre because I think we're, you know, we're trying to make something that's very alive for the audience. Mm. Yeah, it definitely seems like a bit of a show for, I guess, almost everyone, like you said, with a bit of the colourful language and stuff. But Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I, I, we've had a pretty good range of audience in Auckland, and, it, you know, the response has been really great. A few people have actually chosen to come back and bring teenage children or whatever. We did really well with schools, but, you know, it, it's, it's really up for anyone. I mean, as long as you can cope with a bit of swearing and, you know, yeah. There is, you know, there is a gun in the show, and the gun doesn't go off. But it is some of the violence is slightly cartoon; it's slightly mm. heightened. Uh, you know, it's quite stylized. 
you know, there is special folks with blood and blood of sauce flying around, but, you know, there, it, uh, there, there's a slight cartoon quality. We're very aware of how we're telling the story, and it's important that this red light is scary, but it's also charming, and, you know, and, we, and, and the more the audience don't know how to take him, kind of also resonates with the hostages who don't quite know who he is, is he real, you know, is he mad, do you know what I mean? So I think slightly, we didn't want to make just a realistic you know, violent uh, uh, drama is what didn't feel. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time of your day to talk to us about Mr. Red Light, which is coming to Indian shortly. Um, yep. Hope you enjoy the rest of the shows throughout the South Island and up north and the festival that you guys are playing. Right. So we'll keep a lookout. Yeah. Um, we'll keep I'll a lookout. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually real excited, like just the whole concept behind it. And I love these kind of dark comedies so much and just these absurdist concepts. But, yeah, definitely. Thank you for taking the time out, and okay. be back to you. you too. Bye. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.